You are now tuned in to Misi Muse Unplugged, a podcast for go-getters on their journey to greatness. Unlock the secrets to your success through insights, inspiration, and education. Get ready to level up with your host, author and consultant, Christy Lindor. We're back. Hey, my go-getters. For those of you that listened to the Missy Muse Unplugged, welcome back. I've missed you all. Thank you so much for all of the outpouring of support in the past, currently, in the future. Love it, love it, love it. For the newbies, if you're new to the Missy Muse Unplugged, thanks for tuning in. Glad to have you join us. In today's episode, I will share with you the top three things I've learned over the last year during my podcast hiatus. I want to highlight what you can expect for this upcoming season. I've dubbed it the science of success, not only for this season, but also for future seasons coming up in this podcast relaunch. And want to also talk about how you can apply the lessons you will learn from this season. You might want to stick around as well at the end of the show because I have a special announcement. But first, before I delve into today's agenda, let me briefly reintroduce myself to the go-getters out there who may be listening to this podcast for the first time and really kind of give a little bit of what journey to greatness I'm personally on. So a little bit about me. I've been a consultant for, say, the past 19 years now, primarily now focused on organizational effectiveness. What is organizational effectiveness? That's just a fancy term to say that I help deal with strategic management problems on the people side of the house. And so I focus a lot on culture, training, helping companies recreate their organizational structure, helping them through change management, helping them get through a large scale transformation. Anything in that space, I focus on. I also do a lot of diversity and inclusiveness work. And this is work I've really enjoyed doing. And I've been really, really blessed that for most of my career, I wake up every day and I love what I do. I'm also an author, currently working on my third book, which I'll talk about, probably to talk about in upcoming episodes. I'm a speaker, a trainer, and a mentor. I'm also founder of the Purpose Driven Consultant School, which I'll also hit on in future episodes as well. If you want to kind of know the background story of why I started this podcast in the very first place, I'll actually put a link in the show notes, a link to the first episode that I did a couple years ago. And I go into a lot of detail on what the word Misi means, how I started this podcast and all that good stuff. So you can check that out if you're interested. But what journey to greatness am I on? Well, I'm actually on the journey to greatness. I'm going to become a world-class thought leader. And so what is a thought leader you may be asking yourself? Forbes defines thought leaders as an individual that prospects, clients, referrals, sources, and even competitors recognize as a foremost authority in a selected area of specialization. So they are go-to people that really influence and drive change and shape a specific area of expertise. And so maybe some famous thought leaders that you may have heard of are folks like Dave Ramsey. When you think of Dave Ramsey, he is all about finance and budgeting and using really 
traditional conventional ways to really live a debt-free independently wealthy life tony robbins right tony robbins is like the guru of personal professional development and he brings a lot of tools and tips and tricks to really help you kind of really live an amazing life that's kind of his area Brene brown and her ability to be able to help people really kind of realize their true potential seth godin and he's like the thought leader the guru of marketing and everything marketing you can think of gary v simon sinek so these are thought leaders of our day at this time. And so my journey to greatness is to become one of them, right? And I will become one of them. And I want to do that in the space of helping really redefine the workplace. How do we really create a humanity-centered work environment that becomes really the norm? That's really the space that I'm on. And, and I'm really excited about that. Given that this podcast is focused on helping go-getters on their journey to greatness, I figured I'd share what mine is, right? Up front. How do you know if you're on a journey to greatness? Well, I have found over my years of connecting with many individuals on a journey to greatness, there's kind of some key common traits that I've found that people, whether they are just getting started on their journey or they're in the middle of it and they're scaling or even individuals that are the gurus because I've, I've met several of them and had conversations and I find that regardless of where an individual is they all have the same common traits so number one I found if you're on a journey to greatness you have this feeling that you're never really comfortable with where you are even if you're doing it really really well right you constantly have this nudge that you want to level up that's like one trait that I find across all go-getters regardless of what they're doing, what they're focused on, what they're passionate about, what changes they're making in the world. I've also found with folks on a journey to greatness, this is more so in the beginning, maybe to the middle part of an individual's journey to greatness. I find that there's a lot of feelings of feeling misunderstood. A lot of people have told me about feelings of loneliness, feeling like of all the people that they know, they're like the only ones really have this drive and this passion and this this yearning to do something different. A person on a journey to greatness is really, they don't really accept things as they are. They don't really accept kind of the norm and really conforming to the norm. They really want to shake things up. They want to disrupt. They want to make the world better. And a calling or a yearning to do something doesn't have to be something on a global scale. So I think sometimes people think journey to greatness means you have to be doing like some major big thing on a international scale. Like not necessarily. A journey to greatness is you really focusing on making the world a better place than you found it, whether that is big or small, whether you're doing that locally in your community, you're doing that on a national scale, on a regional scale, Whatever it is, it's really a calling and a yearning. And what I find that's interesting about the journey to greatness is that it's actually an open invitation to anyone willing to step up. So no one is exempt from taking on a journey to greatness, which is what I love about humanity. It's an inclusive invitation, but not everyone does it. Not everyone cares to do so, which is also fine. The journey to greatness really takes an ordinary person and makes them create an extraordinary life. But it really starts with a decision, one that anyone can make at any time. 
that's really what this podcast is all about. It's specifically curated for those out there. If you're a go-getter out there that has decided to answer that call, you hear that yearning, you feel that feelings of uncomfortableness that need to level up. You want to shake things up regardless of what that looks like for you. This podcast is for you. And I wanted to really create a support system to help people like yourselves get the encouragement that you need along the way, help you through inspiration, help you through education, help you kind of figure out what are maybe the next steps. I'm hoping that you'll listen to these podcast episodes and something will trigger, right? Something that you've been maybe thinking about, maybe something you're in the middle of, maybe something you're about to embark on, even maybe something you've done in the past and you're looking at reflections of it. Want you to really be able to look at this podcast as a safe haven for your journey. And with every episode, you're actually going to get a two for one. I'm going to be sharing my ongoing journey to greatness and what I'm up to, as well as the journeys and lessons learned shared by my amazing esteemed guest. So I'm really, really excited about that. Okay, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, I want to actually share the top three things I learned in the last year during my podcast hiatus. Top lessons learned I've gotten One of them is not being afraid to switch gears and knowing when it's time to hold them and knowing when it's time to fold them. I I share that as my first lesson and I want to share a little bit of how I decided, you know, I started, started the podcast, how I decided to stop it last year, actually around this time last year. Actually, I want to give a shout out to my fellow podcaster, author, Dom Brightman of Going North Podcast. I'll put a link out there. I'll go get it for you to check him out. He's actually on his journey to greatness as well. But it was actually in a conversation with him. I was really at a crossroads. So I'd say about six months into my show, this is when I first launched a show. It was focused primarily on consultants. But six months in, I kind of got the groove of doing a podcast. I was actually really enjoying it. However, I really kept the podcast, like I mentioned, two consultants, one, And I put a lot of barriers and guardrails around what I did talk about and what I didn't talk about because it was a very narrow, very niche audience. At the time I was actually working at my place of employment, I had to be very careful on using names of companies and and a lot of privacy policies that I had to adhere to even though it was a personal podcast. Um, So I felt that there there was a lot of constriction, a lot of constrictions to the podcast. And six months into the show, I had a nagging feeling that I wanted to do more with the podcast and I was ready to level it up, but I didn't know what leveling it up really looked like for me at that time. And it was interesting because right around that time, for my amazing listeners, I actually was getting feedback because I constantly asked for feedback and I'm going to do it on this show as well. But I constantly asked my go-getters for feedback on what can I do better? You know, what types of information are they looking for? That sort of thing. And actually at the time, the podcast, it was focused on consultants. I did a lot of interviews and it was, it was more interviews. So I didn't really talk about myself, but it was really about my guest. Well, my audience wanted to know more about me. They wanted to know not only what the guests were saying and the helpful guidance that they were providing, but they wanted more from me. And I found that interesting. So that was like one thing, feeling like I need to switch up this podcast show, but I don't know what it looks like. And guess wanting more from me. So I kind of thought about that and was like, you know what? I really kind of want to stop the show because I want to figure out 
what it is that I want to do with it. And I was having this conversation with Dom, trying to decide like, am I going to rebrand the show or am I gonna change the name completely and change it completely? And you know, I just kind of went back and forth and back and forth for quite some time. And then before the summer, I ended up starting to help my friend who's now state representative in the city of Boston, shout out to Liz Miranda. I started to help her with her campaign. That led into me actually running her campaign. But I said, given all the things that's happening, I was transitioning at my job, I'm now helping run this campaign and that sort of transitioned into something full time. And I didn't know what direction to, to take the show in. And I was actually afraid. I was really afraid about, I've been doing this show and I've got thousands of listeners across the globe. How can I stop the show? And it, it took a lot for me to say, you know what? I think in order for me to really do myself a service for listeners, for myself at the time, for Liz's campaign, her political campaign, I said, you know what? It's time to stop the show. And I know I'm going to pick it back up, but it's, I need to kind of figure out how do I take the feedback, take this yearning, this nagging feeling that I've had and morph it into something different. And that's what I did. And so that took about a year. Like I said, went back and forth and decided that I was going to start the show back up later this year. And so for me, that was an important decision. And I, and I share that because I know that there may be something that you're currently doing and what you're doing in its current state may feel comfortable and it, you're on kind of cruise control, but in your mind, you know, you need to level it up. And so you really taking the time to step out on faith and be encouraging. And I actually got a lot of encouragement from my listeners and they understood and I was super happy about that and shout out to them and shout out for them for still kind of joining back and listening to the new show. But I think it's really important when you're on a certain journey that you really don't be afraid to make decisions that feel uncomfortable because I think normally you want to kind of continue on but if continuing on it's not really doing yourself or others a favor you got to know when to hold them you got to know when to fold them so that's lesson number one so lesson number two I'd say for the last year was being willing to step out on faith and take a risk by pushing yourself out your comfort zone I said that last year, again, around the same summer, last summer was was really a pivotal moment in my, my life. But I had actually scheduled with my former employer at the time, I had scheduled a leave of absence to really take some time off. At the time I had just launched my first book. I had just came back from Spain. I had did my first TEDx talk. I'm, I'll put links out in the show notes for you for that. I had a lot of amazing things happening. And I decided that I said, you know what? I wanna see where this is gonna take me. And I wanna take time and I wanted to take more time to go and pub my book, go on a, a book tour. I was really, it was my first book, super excited about that. And I had already scheduled a time. It took months to, you know, kind of get it through the system at my job. And my job was super supportive. So shout out to EY for being very, very supportive of my journey and helping me in that transitionary period period and giving me the time and the space. Not all job employers do that. And so I'm really excited that that was where I was working and that the time of this period in my life. Fast forward, I get the call, that yearning, that call, um, I got it from Liz to really start to support her political campaign. 
So what ended up happening, Go-Getters, was that instead of me taking that time off to go on my book tour, to continue doing a lot of speaking events and doing a lot of different things, I talk about being becoming a thought leader. That was really the beginning of that journey, really manifesting in reality. And I decided that instead of using my leave of absence for that time, I decided to instead volunteer to run Liz's political campaign. Mind you, I had never ran anyone's campaign <laughs> in my life. And so it just, it, thankfully I have a very supportive family and they understood and they were really, really helpful. But that summer really changed me and running that campaign. And I'll talk about that. Like I said, I'm gonna have Liz on the show. Hopefully I can get her on the show in the future and talk a little bit about the campaign we ran that helped her win her primary race. That was really a life-changing experience. And if I didn't take the risk of stepping out on faith, you know, to really help a, a good friend of mine do something super, super meaningful in her community, I don't know how I'd feel. So yeah, I would have gone through my book tour and I would have probably did a lot of speaking gigs, but I would have felt like I had a missed opportunity to really help someone make a true difference. So I'm really excited that I made that decision and helped her run that campaign and we, and we won, which was amazing. So that is lesson number two. Lesson number three, know when you should keep going, even if you don't want to. So I'm going to say that again. You have know when you should keep going, even if you don't want to go. And I say that talking about how my second book came about. So when I told you I had just did a TED talk, I had just launched my first book. Like it's like all these things was happening. I was, you know, getting calls from the press. I was just a lot of like things was really unfolding, which was amazing. During that time, I ended up getting connected with an individual who wanted for me to be one of the authors on a book project she had on forgiveness. So the topic was broadly on forgiveness and she was looking for different authors for a project. So it was the five of us and I was gonna specifically focus on creating chapter in the book, focus on forgiveness in the workplace. I had this method that I had been using. I've noticed this worked for me really well. I hadn't thought about writing a book on forgiveness in the workplace that was actually not in the cards as well at all. But I said, you know what, if it's part of a multi-author project, I write a chapter, yeah, I could talk about my method and I can share it and it can be part of this broader kind of project. It sounded, it sounded really cool. So I said, all right, once I said yes and I started getting involved, I actually wrote my chapter and I, in my mind, I moved on, I, you know, cause I knew she was gonna do the editing, she was gonna do the work with her team and work with the other authors. So for me, I thought I was finished that obligation. Well, fast forward, every single other author on that project dropped the project for various different reasons. And I became the only one that was left on the project. And I had already did my commitment. I had written my part of the story. She actually offered me an agreement to take what was one chapter and blow it out into like a full on book. And I thought to myself, wow, like I wasn't, <laughs> well, first of all, writing a book on forgiveness wasn't something that I was going to do, but also do I have the capacity and the time to do it right now? So I thought about it hard and I, I said, yes, I agreed with her on taking on this project. And I decided go-getters, instead of writing just like a dense theoretical book on forgiveness, I said I wanted to write something a little bit more practical and a little bit more engaging. And that's why I decided to 
take my chapter, add more research, add more information to it and really kind of blow it out, blow out the framework and really help create it into like a more of a guided journal so that individuals, if you take this book, you can actually write in it, you can reflect on it, which is really what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is, you know, there's an emotional labor to it and it has to be participatory for you to be able to to make strides. So that was the, the, the angle I decided to take this book in. And say fast forward another six months from there, the book got really hard. Everything about the book just was not falling into place for me. And a part of me felt like, well, maybe it's because I wasn't planning on writing this book in the first place, but there was something out there that says, you know what, this is such an important topic. And every time I talk to friends, I talk to people about this project, they seemed really intrigued and they seemed like, wow, that's something that I can really use. I can definitely use some forgiveness in my workplace. And, 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 you know, they go into their story and I realized like, wow, like this is an important work. This is important for me to get this out there, but I wanted to make sure it was of quality and it really spoke to what I wanted it to speak to. So I grappled with the book. Um, and I think at some point in the long, that journey, I switched gears and I made the I made the conscious decision to say, you know what, for whatever reason, this was put into your path. You have to make a decision. Either you're going to write the book and you're going to finish it and you're going to ship the book or you're going to stop the project and pick it up at another time. So I was at a crossroads, I'd say probably last, let's say December ish. And I made the decision to say, you know what, this is an important message. I'm going to finish it and I'm going to put it out there as a guided journal. It's a paperback only. So I didn't do an ebook version. Once I made that decision, I noticed that my actions and my attitude towards my manuscript, towards my writing, towards everything actually got better. I was more invested. I was making a lot of progress so much so that the publisher that I was working with she decided to actually give me another option. And I think she saw me taking full ownership of this project. She decided to give me the choice if I wanted to stay with her to finish to publish it, or if I wanted to self-publish it myself. Not a lot of publishers do that, which was also very, very interesting in and of itself. So I decided to go for it. I had already set up, I had Tessie's Eye Publishing, which was kind of a publishing arm. I decided to publish it under my own signature. And I had to learn like, what does that mean? I had to, you know, purchase ISBN numbers. And there's a lot of like legalese that you have to do when you're self-publishing and putting all the right things in place. But that's what I decided to do. So my second book, it literally dropped in June of this year, 2019. And I'm really excited about that. You're listening to the Meesey Muse Unplugged podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Several years ago, I was passed over for a promotion at my job. Instead of wallowing in my circumstances, that evening I decided to redirect my energy using a forgiveness technique I had casually created over the years. What happened over the next 15 months was an absolute life-changing breakthrough. So I decided to put it to the test. I shared the technique with a couple of friends and they too began to see major shifts at work. That's when I decided to formalize my forgiveness model into a book. Hi, I'm Christy Lindor. I've discovered that forgiveness used as an applied strategic skill in the workplace can shift your career to the next level. You can explore this concept in my new book, release use the power of forgiveness to get unstuck and thrive in your career order it now on amazon or learn more at www.releasethebook.com 
Before the break, I shared my top three lessons that I learned last year during my podcast hiatus. So let me recap those lessons for you. Not being afraid to switch gears and knowing when it's time to hold them and knowing when it's time to fold them. So there I shared the story of how I decided to stop the podcast and really think through what a relaunch would look like for me. Number two, being willing to step out on faith and take a risk by pushing out of your comfort zone. And here I talk about the decision where I had to either go on my book tour, I had a leave of absence scheduled at my job, go on a book tour, or volunteer and help my friend run her political campaign and then the decision that I made there. And the third lesson that I learned was really knowing when to keep going, even if you don't want to. And here I discussed the journey of my second book. And so I share all those lessons with you today. Hopefully you find them helpful in your current journey to greatness. So with that, I want to talk about what you can expect for season two, the science of success. So go-getters, with each season, I'm going to have a theme. So it's going to be focused on a specific area. And I want to kind of unpack that concept, break it down between nine to 15 episodes, depending on the particular topic and how deep and and how much we want to talk about. So for this season two, I, I wanted to kick it off with the science of success I know success is something that go-getters constantly talk about. And what does that mean and how do they define it and create it for them? So my first episode, which you'll hear next week, is actually going to be with Bobby Colton. Bobby is the founder of Innovation Women, one of the largest online women's speaking bureau on the internet. She's doing really, really amazing things. Me and Bobby, we're going to talk about defining success on your own terms. And I think this is important, particularly in this world where there's a lot of constructs that we're given and norms that we're expected to face and responsibilities that are expected of us. And I think sometimes people don't take the time to really define success on their own terms. I think we're sometimes handed a template of what success should look like or forced into a path that others deem is is success. So I'll talk about that and Bobby shares her definition in this episode. Next episode, we talk about the language of success and how the words you use and the meaning you give them and the importance of that. So during during this show, I'm going to connect with Mark Metry. Mark is incredible podcast host of the Humans 2.0, one of the top 100 podcasts in the world. Love Mark. Had a chance to connect with him. We have so much in common. It's, It's pretty amazing. You can check that out and actually hear a little bit about his journey. In the third episode for the season, we're going to talk about successful people and how they think differently. And I'm actually joined by the amazing Jessica Pierre. So Jessica Pierre, she's a political blogger in the Boston area, and she's also the founder of The Queen's Company, which is an amazing community for women of color. She's doing a lot of great things, and so love that conversation we have with her fourth episode of the season, we're going to talk about how to successfully live with purpose. So purpose-driven success. And I get a chance to connect with Kristen Sherry. She's the founder of UMAP. And actually, she's also an author. So she's came up with this amazing skills-based assessment certification training that's really taken off. And she's doing amazing things. And we'll talk about how she made that transition into the journey of greatness that she's on. For our fifth episode, we're actually talking about how do you measure success? 
I have a little bit of that conversation with Bianca J. Jackson. So Bianca, and she's actually been on the podcast show before go-getters and I'll put a link to her past episode but like me she was a consultant and she went from consulting became more of a LinkedIn strategist now she's actually she is opened up her own co-working space for creatives and social entrepreneurs called Brick Rose Exchange Brick Rose Exchange actually just opened I'd probably say in the last couple months or so so shout out to the Brick Rose Exchange family. I cannot wait to go and visit you all in Baltimore. Um, So I have a conversation with Bianca about measuring success and she shares her journey along the way. The next episode we have is actually gonna be on how do you maximize your season of success? So if you find yourself in a position where a lot of things that you've been working on are maybe starting to manifest and starting to really kind of gain momentum. How do you really make sure you take true advantage of that time frame in your life? As a go-getter, you're gonna have multiple seasons of success, but I think the goal is one, recognizing when you are in one, but two, making the most out of it. So we have a conversation with Ashley Pare. Ashley, she's actually, she just did her first TEDx talk Earlier this year, she is the founder of Own Your Worth, a negotiation advisory company. And she shares a little bit about her journey. And I definitely see Ashley's in a season of success. And she talks about kind of some of the ways that she's maximizing that. We then switch gears. We then talk about the physiology of success. Like how do you train your mind to be successful? How do you train your body to be successful? And we have a conversation with Fabrice Guerriere and David Russell. They are both the founders of a literary community and an independent publishing press company startup called Syllable. And I think what they're doing is really, really cool. I'll shout out to Fabrice and David and the disruption that they're doing in the publishing space. But we talk about that with them and they share a little bit about kind of what they do to really make sure that they're training their mind and their body to be successful. My next episode, I actually talk about, you know, looks. Can your look impact your success? So I have that conversation with Amanda Hennessy. Amanda Hennessy is, she's an actress. She's actually a new author. She just dropped her first book. Shout out to that. And she's also the founder of both Boston Public Speaking and San Diego Public Speaking. So she's a public speaking coach. She's actually been my public speaking coach go-getter. So if you're looking for someone to work with, if you're in the Boston area or you're in San Diego, Amanda is the woman for that. So I have a conversation with her and she shares her perspective on the topic. A couple other episodes we've got coming up. Feeling successful even if you've had a what you may call a perceived failure I felt like that's a really important topic to cover because sometimes when we're if we feel like we've had a failure that's not the ideal time people want to feel successful but there's ways to do that and I think it kind of goes back to a little bit on physiology but I have that conversation with Jason Andrew Jason Andrew he is the founder of SBO Financial a CFO advisory and bookkeeping company out in Australia shout out to Jason also he's got an amazing book on financials and and we talk a little bit about that and he shares his perspective on that topic also we have a couple more episodes so we're going to talk about is being successful always equate to being profitable that's a conversation I've been having with a lot of different go-getters as they're looking to be successful in different ways and how do they ensure that they are making money with their journey to greatness 
may not be coming with the paycheck, right? Especially people that may be doing work in the nonprofit sector or out in their community. You know, how can you be successful if maybe you don't feel like you're making enough money and how can you reconcile those two? So we're gonna have that conversation Lastly, we'll talk about how do you fake it till you make it? And do we really agree on that as a concept, right? Because we've heard the term fake it till you make it, but I've heard differing sides of that theory from different people, depending on how you take faking it, how you define that. So we're gonna unpack that. I'm gonna hold off. I'm not gonna share the guest because I'm super, super excited about this guest. He's gonna close out the show. So I already, you already know it's a guy, hint, hint, wink, wink but we'll name him a little later on in the show. So with that, we will be right back, go-getters. I want to, in the last segment of this show, help you know how you can apply some of the lessons learned based on the science of success and some of the topics that we'll talk about, how you can take each of these episodes and how you can apply them in your life. And I mentioned, I do have a special surprise announcement. So we'll do that right after this break. Now available on Amazon, management consultant and author Christy Lindor shares career secrets based on 15 years of experience working at top firms in a new book called The Misi Muse, 100 plus selected practices, unwritten rules and habits of great consultants. The Misi Muse provides insights, stories and strategies on the unwritten rules of the consulting profession. Christy conducted research and connected with 50-plus industry titans across 27 professional service organizations on what makes a great consultant. For book reviews, tour dates, and more info, go to www.mecmuse.us. So in the last segment, I got a chance to break down each of the different episodes that's going to be coming up with this season called The Science of Success. So I want to recap that really, really quickly for you in lightning round fashion. So upcoming episodes, topics include defining success on your own terms. We'll talk about language of success. We'll talk about how successful people think differently. We'll talk about how to successfully live with purpose. How do you measure success? maximizing your season of success, the physiology of success. How do you train your mind and your your body for success? We'll talk about can your looks impact your success? How do you feel successful when you may be feeling like a failure? We'll talk about successful always equate to being profitable. And lastly, we're going to cover what does it mean fake it till you make it and how do you do that or not do that? So that is what is coming up for this full season. Super, super excited. So for this last segment, I really want to take a moment and help you, my go-getters out there, think about what are the ways that you can use these and apply them to your own life. So I've jotted some things down here. Number one, I think the first episode is really important, really defining what success means for you. I think that's really, really important because that really becomes the compass that you use and really kind of guides your decisions, guides your belief systems, it guides the stories you tell yourself. And I think this is where a lot of people get stuck. So really taking a moment, think about how you're defining success and check out that episode. I would say listen to each of the stories. So with each episode, we're gonna talk about a particular topic, but most of it is really either myself sharing portions of my journey or my guest sharing their journeys, right? So listen to each of these stories and think about how they apply to your current journey or your life chapter 
and your definition of success. I think it's really, really important to think about them and think what's the takeaway for you? What is something that you can pull and take action, right? And what it is that you want to do. So that's the second word of advice I'd give you. Third, be willing to expand your horizon, right? Because you maybe you may have viewed something that you've heard based on the stories that you've told yourself in the past. And some things may feel uncomfortable, right? Or some things may feel challenging, like, well, I don't think that way, or that's completely wrong, or that's dead wrong. So I'd say be willing to expand, try things on for size, even if it's just to hear the story out, hear the lessons that's being shared, and you never know. So I say, you know, keep an open mind when you're listening to the journeys of others and and kind of others' perspectives, even if they may not be the same as yours. Lastly, and most importantly, go-getters, I'm going to challenge you for each episode, tease out at least one key takeaway that you can make actionable in your life. So again, tease out at least one takeaway that you can make actionable in your own life. Part of being a go-getter and part of living a life of success and really your journey to greatness is not only listening, but taking action. And you're gonna hear that theme constantly. It's not just, okay, I'm thinking, I have this nudging. It's, it's knowing when to take action, right? So that's really important, making sure you take action. So if you listen to these episodes, you listen to all of the episodes that we've got, we've got about, let's say 12 episodes lined up for this season. That means by the end of season two, you should have 12 takeaways at a minimum that you can take into your life. So imagine you do that with every season, you should be on fire. taking action and really manifesting the reality and manifesting your journey to greatness. So that leads me go getters to my surprise announcement. So one major, major thing that I haven't talked about that's happened in the last year, really, really excited. I'm expecting my first child. Yes. I'm sharing this. This is the first episode that I'm dropping. I'm actually seven months pregnant. I'm expected to have my first child late September. And, you know, I remember when I told some people that I was starting my podcast show back up, I got a little bit of mom shaming. They're like, well, you know, do you really want to do that? You're about to have a baby and all that, you know, all the different things. And other people that I've spoken to, other go-getters that I've spoken to have also told me that when you have a child, whatever you were doing in your life at that particular time, you figure out ways to work around certain things. And interestingly enough, I had originally planned on starting this podcast show in the fall. This is actually, I was going to start it, kick it back up in the fall. And hearing that advice that your world and your life changes, literally, um, but you focus on really making the existing things in your life work. That's when I said, you know what, maybe instead of starting this podcast in the fall, because I don't know how I'm going to feel in the fall, but let me start it now. Let me start it this summer. So I pushed the the date out. So I started it in July instead of, I think I was going to start it in like November. So I pushed it out purposefully. This was really important that I continued this project and I know I was on a hiatus and you know, sometimes when you haven't been doing something for a while, you're out of the habit loop. It's like, oh, you know, well, maybe I can start it next year. And I said, nope, this is part of my journey. I wanna get this podcast out there. So I've decided to start it back up. 
so there's probably gonna be a couple times maybe during the season I will be having a little boy really really excited I'm really excited about I'm entering a new phase of my journey to greatness and that I've been able to do a lot of different things but I've done them I do have my stepson Kamani I've been in his life since he was five so he's now 15 and so I know what five to 15 years old looks like I don't know what zero to five looks like so this is going to be an interesting journey and I look forward to bringing you along that journey as I become a biological mom and have my child and yes I will talk about them so be prepared <laughs> But I wanted to just share that with all of you. If you see me now, you definitely know I'm pregnant. We're really excited about this and really excited that my baby will be part of this journey to greatness. And so that concludes this first episode. As I mentioned, check out episode two. Uh, we're going to talk about defining your success on your own terms with Bobby. And till then, we will see you on the flip side. Thank you again. And here's to your journey to greatness. Tune in for new episodes every Monday to kick off your week of greatness. Visit us online at MeeseeMuse.com for more information. Don't forget to follow Meesey Muse on all socials to stay tuned in for upcoming episodes and news from Christy Lindor.